is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do all the things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, Get Unstuck Nation. So today, our guest, Aaron Markham, founder and CEO of Entertrive. So Aaron has already spent over two decades founding and scaling many award-winning multi-million dollars enterprise in the North America. But, you know, in the 2015 he found out or he already like experienced his financial success however he felt burned out and he struggling to find sustainable happiness which interesting we will discover about how he find that in this podcast so how can he get unstuck to get the good life he will share with us today so please welcome aaron to get unstuck podcast with us today aaron good morning good morning Mutita. it's so good to be here thank you for having me i'm excited to share some of these things yeah i'm excited too so before we get started how did you get into the entrepreneur journey though? Yeah, yeah. So clear back in 2002, so about 21 years ago, I did start my first venture and my path to there, I was in corporate America and wanted to, um, I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. It was just timing for me. And and we had saved uh, enough money, my wife and I, to to start our venture. Now back Back then, it wasn't quite enough money. I, I needed some uh, some money uh, later on or some investments later on. But uh, but we really just kind of did that leap of faith, as many entrepreneurs do. And, and that first venture, thankfully, um, ultimately became fairly successful, um, but not without a lot of sacrifice as well as uh, sacrifice of my own health and well-being as well in that whole process it was a home care agency Mm -hmm. um, taking care of the elderly seniors and so forth and i've really been in that industry ever since i continue to have companies in that in that industry and so it's one that i'm very passionate about but uh you know fast forward like you said in 2015 i had sold that business it started a couple others and it started this uh this wildly it became wildly successful business in measuring data and analytics for the home health or home care space and home care pulse is the name of the company and uh i later on I, i've exited that business as well but through that journey i found that i was i was what what i you know in positive psychology we call it being obsessively passionate about what i was doing and the impact i wanted to have and sometimes when an entrepreneur is obsessively passionate, that's when burnout can happen, is that they are working weekends, evenings, um, their relationships are suffering because they feel called or they feel like 
they have to put all into their business and they're living or I was living what I call in the book I call this the lie of the either or I felt that as long as I I focused on my professional well-being and my professional flourishing flourishing my my personal flourishing would catch up and that eventually I would personally flourish and my relationships would be good and that's the lie is that's the myth is that we believe that as long as we put it all in on our business, then eventually the professional or the personal side will catch up with itself. And rarely does it ever until we really focus on the personal flourishing. And I discovered that in 2015, 2016, I started realizing that my business was stuck, right? And we had kind of plateaued at that time. We'd had this great growth financially doing pretty well, but having this, you know, kind of plateau was really caused by me. If I really were honest with myself, I was the entrepreneur, I was the visionary, I was the founder. And because I was struggling personally in my relationships, in my health, in my well-being, my business was also suffering, which caused the plateau. I mean, I really see it. Um, and so when I started investing back in myself, we experienced this kind of hockey stick growth because I could show up as a better leader, as a better entrepreneur. And I had more clarity in where I wanted to go in my business. I had other passions I started pursuing. I got into bicycling or cycling competitively. Um, well, not necessarily competitively, but going in races and just being able to finish, right? But it was um, this kind of whole paradigm shift for me. And then later on, found positive psychology and, and went to the University of Pennsylvania at the ripe old age of 49 and got my master's degree in that, in that field. And, um, and then, of course, uh, that's where it brought me to this book. And so, and that's, you know, and there's a lot of things in between there, different companies and so forth. But, uh, but really, that's kind of part of my journey. Mm. So why? successful entrepreneurs is the happiest or not why are successful entrepreneurs the happiest or not or if i mean success is so like it i think it's an overused word to be honest with you is that success is defined so differently and so many entrepreneurs define success with what they have financially that you know sometimes possessions accomplishments like entrepreneurs we and i'm I've been guilty of this, of living off validation um, from our peers and from awards and recognition. I've received many in, during my journey in, in, in the home care space. And that, if you define success that way, that's where I think can just lead to burnout. Um, that that doesn't, that can only fulfill you for so long. And so real success for me, I have found out at least the way I define it. And I use the term, the good life. This is Aristotle came up with this term and you know, over 2000 years ago, and that the good life is the complete life. And it's really trying to figure out or flourishing regardless of circumstance. That's why positive psychology has come to the forefront in the last few years. And it's been around for almost 30 years. You know, Dr. Martin Seligman, who's my former professor at UPenn, he is the father of positive psychology. And, and he started this movement several years ago, but really has gained quite a bit of steam the last few years because people are trying to find out their own success. They're trying to find out how do I how do I thrive regardless of what's going on around me? COVID was a real kind of helped us all kind of ask that question. Like here's this pandemic and these, you know, really big challenges that we're facing as entrepreneurs, but not just as entrepreneurs, as society. 
How do we thrive regardless of what's going on around us? And when you think of an entrepreneur's journey and all the uncertainties and all the challenges that come with it, is that good life is is thriving and, and flourishing personally and professionally. That I, I learned that the reason I had my business was not, I wasn't, I well, really I'd become, uh, you know, my business had become my master. And rather than having my business as my master, I decided to kind of turn that around and have my business serve my life and a life that I wanted to live and that I wanted to flourish. Now, is my my life perfect even now? Of course not, right? Is we all struggle day in and day out, but how we manage that, how we are present with our relationships, with our children. I have six children, by the way. So that's, you know, three boys, three girls, ages 14. <laughs> to um well he's almost my oldest is almost 26 and they have yeah and so um being able to be present with them as much as possible and sometimes i'm not sometimes this whole idea of balance is is also a myth right is that sometimes we have to put in a little bit more in our business but when i'm home i need to be home when i'm at the office i'm at the office and i'm present wherever i'm present anyway there's a whole lot you know i have a whole chapter dedicated to that and being congruent with that i use that word uh, congruency a lot in in the way it ties to our well-being is being that same person in private as you are in public and uh anyway but the good life is the complete life and living that life is not the perfect life and it's a mindset like the good life for me is like is my mindset of how i look at my past and how i'm how i i'm here in the present and how i look forward into the future is that good life is just like this is how i want to frame my past in a in a way that helps me learn and create a better and bigger future so anyway i i don't know if that answers the question but yeah the success is you know the good life to me is more of the the term that i've been using to define success for myself because it's such a virtuous term that um and again that's the 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 term that aristotle uses is 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 living that virtuous life as best as you can i'm thinking from what you said if you're going back to the time that you just started the business and using this philosophy right now that you able to discover, would you still doing this way at that time back then? Would I would I would I change what I did back then if knowing what I know now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I would. I wish I wish I could um, go back to my my former self, you know, and and 20 years ago when I was first starting my first business. And I would first tell myself, chill out, right? Just relax. And and don't forget about your most important relationships. My kids, have, most of them have grown up. Again, my, my youngest is, I have two at home still. But I was so all in in my business that my older children didn't see their dad as much as they should have seen their dad. And though I travel still and I still am am, am, am and a busy entrepreneur, is that when I'm with my family, I really try to be present with them and not thinking about my business. And so I would tell my former self to say, hey, just chill out and take your weekends, take your evenings, take, take time for yourself. Um, Find other passions that you can be passionate about. I would have started cycling long before I did in 2016. Um, I would have invested more in my health, um, knowing what I know now, because life just doesn't slow down. Um, And so we have to take those times um, 
and slow down, slow them down ourselves and and uh, really getting back in control of of our own personal lives, especially early on. Like aspiring entrepreneurs or those who are, are dealing with startups, yeah, you've got to put in some time. I get that. You've got to you've got to uh, invest in that. But I have found that when I take time for myself and for my family and for those connections that are most important to me, that I flourish more professionally than I would have otherwise, that I have a, a, a better, um, more clarity on where I want to go with my business and how I want it to support my lifestyle. And so all of those things come kind of are, are kind of wrapped together, you know, um, when we focus on our own personal flourishing as much as our professional flourishing. So I would definitely want my, my former self to be a little bit more all in on the personal flourishing side. So you mentioned that you also used to think that business first and then personal will come accordingly. Eventually catch up, yeah. Eventually. But right now, you think that you have to build both at the same time. Yeah, you know, and it's um, the same time, but maybe not equally so. Sometimes, mm. sometimes we have to put. Maybe it's seventy percent. If I'm starting a new business, it's seventy percent in my business right now. But the problem with with that I had, and I can only speak for myself. I've seen this because I coach a lot of entrepreneurs. Is I see this a lot with with those that I coach. Is that are they're one hundred and ten percent into their business and leave no time for the personal side, right? So. So even if it's that 30%, that's 30% more than most entrepreneurs give their personal flourishing. They become, again, so obsessively passionate rather than what we call in positive psychology, harmoniously passionate, like that that we're really, we're passionate, but we've got a nice balance. Um, One of the laws that I talk about in my book, Entrethrive, is the law of entregrit. And there's five levels of entrepreneurial grit that I mentioned. And the the first level is curiosity. Like when we're first looking at what we want to do and what kind of business we want to start, we're curious typically about something like, you know, that might be a good idea. And we start pursuing that. I looked at that when I started home care. I was like, home care, elderly, baby boomers. That just, I was very curious about the population. And then my, then that curiosity went into the second phase, which is, um, uh, interest. And so interest is, is when we're, you know, we start doing research and there's some development. We start going into this business and that research turns into the third level, which is our interest turns into the third level, which is practice. And we're starting our business. We're going into it and really putting in that practice. Um, and too often as entrepreneurs, we go from interest to the, fo- we want to go from interest to the fourth level, which is passion. And we skip the practice. And then our perseverance and our will, our staying power is kind of, um, it's just not as strong. And so by going from curiosity to, to interest, from interest to practice, and, and putting it all in there and realizing that we won't, we won't discover our passion until we practice it. And we really realize this is the thing we want to do. Then there's passion. And then sometimes we, uh, we rely so much on passion we forget there's a fifth level and that's a calling and that calling is that impact the impact we want to make but in that entire grit journey like yes that helps our staying power in our business and we become more gritty as we continue on that continuum and that if we feel called like i felt called to do home care i felt called to, to measure data analytics but that calling became a little bit obsessive for me 
to where I was again. Yes, I was super gritty with my business, but then my personal side was was suffering. Wow. And so, you know, Let me take back. I'm thinking practice and then passion and then calling. Yeah. It's so interesting that many people forget that passion actually is something that you can keep doing without thinking, which yeah. is practice, right? Yeah. And you yeah. know that you enjoy doing it with passion by practicing doing it. So yeah. when someone say that it's not my passion without even try, Meaning that you already skip. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, you skip practice, and you know. And this day and age, we want instant gratifications. Mm. Is that we're seeking? We like. We think our passion is just going to kind of come to us and fall into our laps, and we wonder why we're stuck. I keep, you know, going back to kind of your emphasis is that is that we get we get stuck in this this kind of loop like we're not willing to put it all in for the practice part. We just want the passion to come. And uh, the passion just the true passion, like the real passion that that we're in something that we just love doing and that if we didn't even get paid for it, we'd still do it, that kind of passion, you know, but that doesn't come until we've actually practiced it and put in the time and the effort, you know, like home care for me, I didn't really have that passion until several months in where I was practicing it and I was working with seniors and I became kind of like just more all in the more I practiced. What about calling? How the different i don't get that sorry yeah, but yeah yeah that's great for me great. yeah yeah passion is like a lot for ourselves right is that's a lot like we're feeding our passions we're feeding our own desires it's not selfish i wouldn't call passion selfish it's just that it's it's really about our lifestyle and how um what we want our business to do for us and 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 we're passionate about maybe the financial outcomes and so forth the passion and passion is where many entrepreneurs actually stay at and and many successful businesses have come from just our passion calling is the next level where it's the impact on others mm. we're called to make this impact that's that goes beyond just our own passion because passion and calling you still when you have a calling you're still passionate like you don't drop passion at that point you're still practicing as well like all these things are still it's like a like you're running the cycle of, of these five things all the time in in your journey but when you feel called it's the impact that you're you're looking to make like you're feeling called to make a larger impact like when i um when i became passionate about not just home care but the data And, and, and the metrics and, and measuring satisfaction. Like we, we created a company that was kind of like the JD powers of home care. And my passion got me to, to a certain point, but then after, over time I felt called because I felt like this data and this information was making not just the impact on the entrepreneur, but was raising the standard of care. And so that calling kind of got me outside of myself and the greater impact I could have on the community. So, anyway, mm, yeah, hopefully sense. you don't hear that background noise too much. <laughs> no, 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 I don't hear anything. I'm just thinking. Okay. okay, so the calling is what keeps you 
doing. Yeah, it keeps you in the game, making the just the greater impact, solving problems. I think entrepreneurs are problem solvers mm -hmm. and um, feeling called to solve a certain problem for a certain industry or, you know, sometimes callings can be on certain, you know, certain efforts or projects or certain charitable um, uh, efforts that we're trying to make within our company. I mean, calling is not just overall just about your company. It's about the things you're doing with within it and the greater impact impact you're having that you're feeling called to do to make that impact so how can they know that this is the point where something wrong is happening in their life as an entrepreneur and also mm -hmm. in their personal life like this is not right that i am doing something needs to be changed yeah yeah that's really good so the very first law is entreclarity um, that I talk about and clarity on on who they are as an entrepreneur. Um, I talk about in that chapter. I um, mean that law, self acceptance, accepting the good, and and I wouldn't even say the bad is that just accepting who they are as an entrepreneur. Um, I it really starts with that and and being self aware. So self self aware and then self accepting. And once you're self aware and self accepting, you can you can kind of it's almost like you're taking a step back and you're looking down at yourself and you're saying. Okay, how am I? How am I um, in my relationships? How am I interacting? Am I truly present when I'm home, or when someone's talking to me? Am I completely glazed over, thinking about business or what I have to do the next day, or about an opportunity that I'm pursuing, or whatever it might be, while someone's trying to communicate with? Um, are you truly spending time? in your relationships. I think you're, if you look at your relationships, it's almost the first thing to look at when your personal side is flourishing because, or not flourishing, is that if, you're, if your relationships are suffering, if you have strained relationships where, especially with your, your, your spouse or your, your significant other, as well as your children, that you haven't, you don't talk to them very much, or when you do, that you're distracted, um, that's really a telltale sign, but it takes a self-aware person to understand that. And to also, I talked about this term self-acceptance, and this is one that we we often hear, but we first have to become self-aware and then accept those parts about ourselves that aren't really the way we want it, um, that this is who we are. But then once you accept that, then you're able to kind of move into this into, you know, I talked about these guiding truths to move into really what you want to be true about yourself. And those truths guide you the way you interact and the way you um, the way you want to show up in life and the way you want to show up in your relationships, um, the way you want to show up um, at, with your company and so forth. And so by getting clear on all that, that clarity really helps us understand, okay, where are we at today? Where do I want to be at tomorrow when it comes to all these things? And then making these little, you know, in cycling, um, we use this term called breakaways. And in the Tour de France, you see this where someone, someone is um, ready to break away from the pack and break away from the group. But they can only break away when they're self-aware, where they know exactly at what point they are in the race, at what point they need to get on to break away, and who are the people that can help them make this breakaway successful. Other writers that they've, they've, um, that they've been working with or whatever, or their team, their support team, but they need to break away. And that, and I use that term, that breakaway, to break away from our former selves or from where, we, where we've where we been, where we really want to go, 
but that takes a lot of clarity, self-awareness, all those things to make that breakaway successful and all those relationships. And by, you know, again, by, by kind of getting inside ourselves and saying, okay, where am I at? How am I at? How I am, how am I with flourishing on my own personal side as well as professional side? Am I, am I too obsessive about my business and is my personal side, you know, suffering and then deciding what that breakaway looks like. And I go a lot more into this kind of breakaway and how to create a great breakaway and how to create what Jim Collins calls catalytic mechanisms. Um, I go into all the kind of the science behind those kind of breakaways. Um, but anyway, that's uh that's a very long conversation probably, but, but really understanding, you know, how do we, how do we know that we're stuck or how do we know that we're burned out? You know, I just, that self-awareness taking that time to pause and stop and say, okay, things are suffering. Things are starting to fall uh, around me. Is this the one that you have like freebie download in your website? Yes, yes, yes. So the EntreClarity Guide is is a is a free tool that all your listeners can download. You know, they go to entrethrive.com forward slash get unstuck. They can download this guide that helps them establish their guiding truths. So years ago, and I'll just give some background on guiding truths. So years ago, I established these guiding truths. Back then they were called, um, Michael Gerber calls them, you know, Emith Revisited calls them. Uh, primary aim, your primary aim, um, you know, Stephen Coveney, your personal mission statement. My guiding truths and the way I go about them are a little different than than, than perhaps they have in the past. Um, but it's, you know, answering certain questions. And in that guide, it has certain questions that you answer to kind of get to your guiding truths. And we're actually creating an AI or a tool powered by AI to help people when the book launches, this tool will be available to all those who purchase the book and so forth, where they can actually create their guiding truths. And really the guiding truths are those things you want to be true about yourself so that when you have to make decisions, whether it's relationship decisions, business decisions, where you're going you know, with your lifestyle and so forth, that you look at these guiding truths and they, they help you make those decisions, make them easier, that these are the things that, that, that kind of funnel those truths. Your, core, your company core values um, come from your guiding truths as an entrepreneur. You want your core values to tie to what you really want to be true about yourself as an entrepreneur. So for example, um, one of my guiding truths is my family receives of my time. Another one is, is my mind is at peace. I have eight guiding truths. I'm a Christian and one of them's uh, my heart belongs to Christ. My life is filled with abundance is another guiding truth. And so these truths are just encompass of who I, who I want to be. It's kind of my future self and really truly how I want to live today. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm constantly checking myself against these guiding truths. And these guiding truths, there was one time when I was um, trying to, I was just started a new company. I was trying to hit an important deadline. It meant a lot to the business. I was I was pulling some really late, late nights. First time I've ever um, been uh, drinking uh, five hour energy drinks. I was just exhausted, right? I was just burned out. And you know, back then not super self-aware, so obsessive about what I was doing. And I had these guiding truths I had created in my last company. And I still have the same guiding truths. 
Back then I called them something different. And um, I think back then I was calling them my declarations. But anyway, they were on my wall and I was literally sleeping under my desk trying to get some shut eye because I had to meet this important deadline. And I looked over and I saw these, these truths that I had not been living. I had not even like paid much attention to them for a while. And all of a sudden it was just this like overwhelming feeling. And I, you know, I'm a spiritual person. It just felt very like I was out of my body, almost looking at myself going, what are you doing? And your life is not filled with abundance. You aren't giving your family time. Your mind is not at peace. I like look at all these guiding truths like this is not happening for me right now. But it centered me and it real it was that self-awareness like, wait a second, I need to get back to these. And I from that day forward, I just started doing things in my life to try to get back to those guiding truths. And so that's what they've done for me. And then another part of that, that that entre clarity guide that we're providing your listeners is the breakaway tool where they can actually fill out their own next breakaway to help kind of lean into their guiding truths. And that's the purpose of the breakaway. I asked you offline about each period in our life, people change. So our truth may change. In my opinion, self-awareness is something that is so hard to define at some certain point in time in our life, let's say. How often do you visit your guiding truth and how would you suggest to edit it let's say because that is like the good life that you would mm -hmm. like to live yeah on let's say how would yeah. you suggest that you know for me i think for everyone it's different you should visit them often like like i look at my guiding truths they're on a canvas in my office all the time and so from that perspective you're looking at it like you're using them to help guide your decisions. And so you need to look at them quite often. How often do, do those change for me personally? They have never changed since and all, going on 15 years um, that I've had these guiding truths. I have not changed them because they've been timeless for me. They're things that I always want to be true about myself. However, and I believe I point this out in the book, is that may not be the case for everyone, is that you're, you're exactly right, is that for me it hasn't, but for others, life situations might change where it could impact their guiding truths. My, my point, though, is also is try to make them timeless. Like, this is how I want to live the complete life, the good life for the rest of my life. And these are the truths that are just going to be timeless for the rest of my life. And so if you're changing them every year, I would question whether you're creating timeless truths for yourself. Mm, unless some physical change or there are some major factors that involve. Yeah, yeah. Not according to the plan anymore, let's yeah. say. Yeah, 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 exactly. So let's say, let's say that I, um, I went on the spiritual journey and, and my faith changed, right? Mm -hmm. And what I believe, then maybe you would change that part of your guiding truth. It was very specific about a belief that you no longer hold to be true to yourself, then that might, that might change. For me, it hasn't, but yeah, that could, that could evolve. Oh, it could be mine. It can be my example. I never thought that I would, I think my listener have listened to me keep saying about my accident many times, but I never thought that I would have a big car accident a year ago, but mm. I did have, and I couldn't walk. So yeah. that, that affect a lot. So recovery time is painful, but now I could come back to exercise, which took me over a year. Can you believe it? Yeah. I, I just met 
at my doctor's a week ago actually and he told me that hip replacement actually like many people would come back before six months already but why it took me so long i don't know <laughs> i don't know but i can walk now i think my yeah, life is wow <laughs> that's amazing good for you that's such a great example is yeah life circumstances change like one of my guiding truths is my body is in good health well if i were to get it into an accident like that then would i change my guiding truth maybe it would be something that i would use as motivation to recover to get into recovery it just really it's just just being honest with yourself you know and asking the honest questions like is this still a truth is it still important to me and then a good time to do it obviously is during the holiday season you know and or the first of the year is as you're getting kind of rather than um and yeah you know, i believe in goals i believe in all those things but i think first and foremost look at your guiding truths and say okay what is it about you know do i need to make any changes and really leaning into what can i do this year what breakaways can i have this year to help these guiding truths actually become truths things that are realized in myself yeah i think self-acceptance is the hardest thing to do but yeah, if you really yeah. know yourself it's the best thing to do as well because you will not deny yourself anymore you already yeah. know what is working for you and that's how you choose the best thing forward right because you Absolutely. know what works what's not working yeah yeah, that's very good. Yes. So yes. in case anyone want to pre-order your book, I know that. So this podcast would be released in December, uh, a week from now when we recording this. But your book will be available in January 2024, right? Yeah, January 22nd to 29th. Oh, a, okay. Kind of a window, yeah. So yeah. where can they follow your work or yeah. pre-order your book then? I'm yeah. I'm going to be queued up also. Yeah, so EntreThrive, E-N-T-R-E-T-H-R-I-V-E.com. And again, for your listeners, they can go to EntreThrive.com forward slash get unstuck and they can download that free tool. But they can also, from there, they can navigate through the site pre-order the um, pre-order the Kindle. So the ebook's available for pre-order now. Um, if they want the hardcover and soft cover, that'll be available in January. So that's usually, that's just go to the website. Um, all the social media channels are, are there. Um, that's probably the easiest way to get there. But again, go to the, the Get Unstuck and they can download that free tool and then navigate from there on where they, you know, things that, that might interest them. We talk about the good life. We actually have a wheel on there that talks about all the different challenges or some of the challenges and the eight laws and how they kind of relate to creating the good life for themselves. So they can check that out as well. Thank you so much, Aaron, for sharing the guide with us today. So people, anyone who listening here can get unstuck together with us. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Have a great day ahead. I hope this episode inspires you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.